In this episode of Locked On Capitals, I talk with Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks, and we talk all things Capitals next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And in this edition, we are joined by Michael Marzacco of... Uh, stars and sticks michael welcome back to the program hey how's it going dan it's good so it's been kind of a an interesting off season so far we got word uh yesterday about tom wilson and that he's going to be missing some sub, uh, substantial time what are your thoughts about tom wilson missing so much time um like you know they were saying that he might not be back for you know six to eight months who's going to fill that void and how concerned are you uh with uh, tom wilson's injury Well, it's a big blow to the Capitals, and I knew he was going to miss some time, but I didn't think it was going to be up to six to eight months. I was hoping it would be around the four to six month range, but of course, you know, ACL injuries are serious. In fact, they're very rare in the sport of hockey. They happen more in like football, but this makes things really interesting for the Caps because not only do they have to get younger... Now they have to figure out what's going to go in that first line right wing position with Wilson's absence. Who do you see slotting in in that spot? I know they've uh, had different people on that top line, or you know, if they're if he's playing on the top line, they've had Shiri, uh, they've had T.J. Oshie in the top line. Who do you see uh, slotting in in his spot? I could see them starting with Anthony Mantha. I think if Mantha goes to the top line you'll see more of his production increase. And if Mantha doesn't work out, they'll probably use Connor Sheary or TJ Oshie. Probably Sheary would be the better option because he's slightly younger and faster than Oshie. Yeah, and he's a bit of a Swiss army knife, isn't he? It, uh, one of the things that Peter Laviolette talked about uh, Connor Sheary is the fact that he's willing to do most anything. Uh, you know, he'll play on the first line, he'll play on the fourth line. He really doesn't care. Um, and, you know, that's kind of one of the cool things about him is he can kind of set his ego aside and not say, well, I'm a top line player and I'm going to play on the top line or I'm going to pitch a fit. So, um, and, you know, a great goal scoring cut, uh, touch, by the way, by Connor Sheary as well. So, I mean, yeah, that was kind of, I mean, we knew that that, what was coming, that he was going to be missing some time. I guess we didn't know for sure uh, if he was going to have to have surgery or not, but as it turns out, he does. And if you saw the injury or where he was injured, he was trying to check Uyghur into the boards and he kind of turned away from it and tweaked his knee. When you saw that, did did you think to yourself, well, he's going to miss the rest of the series or did you think, well, he'll be back after a shift? I knew... He was going to be out the rest of the series. As soon as that injury occurred, I knew it was going to be troubling and it was going to be 10 times harder to take out the Panthers. And unfortunately, as we saw, they 
weren't able to get the job done. And Osh, not not Oshie, Tom Wilson's injury was definitely a big impact. Kind of like how Oshie's injury was an impact in the Carolina series, and so is Kepney. But Kepney's injury happened about a month before that happened, so like they knew they were going to be without Kepney. Oshie got injured in the middle of the series. Yeah, so, I mean, how much do you think would have changed? You know, I've speculated on this show quite a bit on what would have changed if Tom Wilson would have been in the entire series. Uh, He does bring that physical aspect to the game. Um, You know, he was kind of lighting it up there before he got injured. He got that goal right away to start off game one. How much different do you think that series against the Panthers would have been if Tom Wilson was in there the entire time? I think it would have at least gone to seven. And... I've wrote in like my series previews that the Caps had the edge in physicality, and I wrote one of the most important players for that is Tom Wilson. And you take Tom Wilson out of the equation, you have pretty much just like Garnet Hathaway, and you know Hathaway's good because everyone focuses on Tom Wilson, and Hathaway will come out of nowhere and just annihilate you, and then you know. Not having Wilson. Everyone knows Hathaway's right there. So, yeah, I think this would have gone to seven games. I don't know if it would have made the difference in winning or not, but it would have at least been closer, and maybe the Caps would have been able to close it out with, like, the big hit or something. Yeah, I mean, you need that big presence out there. It was uh, Alex Ovechkin kind of leading the charge there because it seemed like I said the the physical aspect was missing for a couple games there. And then Alex Ovechkin's like, well, I guess I'm going to take the bull by the horns here and I'm going to start the physical game. And then you saw John Carlson hitting uh, people in a bunch of different things. But you're right. Garnet Hathaway is kind of that sandpaper personality. You know, he's physical, but I think that he's also just a chirper. And I think that, you know, after a while, he kind of gets into the opponent's head, you know, kind of whispering, you know, smack into their ear all the time. And I think that that's That's why you see such a big response sometimes from the opponents, you know, just like just livid with uh, Garnet Hathaway. He must be saying some truly awful things into their ears. So, I mean, that's going forward, you know, just kind of highlighting that series a little bit. Um, In your article, I was reading on Stars and Sticks, you talk about the net mining situation. And, and we talked about it the last time we're on here, but it bears repeating uh, with um, Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. Um, I believe in the, one of the articles you had said that you see Vitek Vanacek moving along. Is that correct? That is correct. But based on the playoffs, I feel like Samsonov slightly has the edge right now. Yeah, and I agree with that, too. Um, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, when you talk to a lot of different people, they go, are you crazy? Vitek Vanacek is a much better goalie. But when you talk to the people that know, you know, and I've talked to, you know, a couple different people anyway, they say, well, we're just fans. We don't know. I mean, it's the guys, the coaches, they really can um, sense who's the better goalie. And you got to kind of think to a certain extent that they're all in on Ilya Samsonov that they must know something that we don't know. And, you know, if you take a look at Ilya Samsonov's numbers, they aren't horrible, I got to say. I mean, his biggest issue was consistency. He would play the most amazing game in the world, and then the next game he would fall totally flat on his face. Um, what What is the future with uh, for Ilya Samsonov on the Washington Capitals? I think based on his playoff performance, Samsonov stays and the team moves on from Vitek Vanacek. Just based on recent performance, I felt like leading up to that series, it was whoever was going to take the reins for the rest of that series that was going to lock themselves in. And unfortunately for Vitek Vanacek, he had a horrible game too. 
And then when Samsonov came in and stopped all 17 shots in that third period, they kind of just set him up for making it his net the rest of the series. And even though the Capitals lost, you know, there there were some chances where you and I both thought they had a shot at an upset. Yeah, for sure. And the Capitals, for sure, were all in on Vitek Vanacek to start off with because that's who started the series. And, uh, you know, then when he got yanked, everyone's like, oh, no, we got, we're going back to Ilya Samsonov. But as it turned out, it ended up being a better option, I think, uh, in the long run. So just taking a look um, at some of your work here on Stars and Sticks, you're talking about, you know, like the top three thing that the Capitals need to fix in 2022. And one of the things you were talking about is forwards. And uh, in a previous podcast, I was talking about Connor McMichael. And uh, we're both kind of in agreement that it was probably uh, Lars Eller's last year with the Washington Capitals. And uh, don't you think that it would be a good place for him to slot in uh, in the spot, Connor McMichael in Lars Eller's spot? I think it would be perfect. And I've wrote I've written that like several times. I think I even read about that before the trade deadline Mm -hmm. about how. Yeah, McMichael has struggled, but he was mostly playing winger. He very rarely played center, and that's where LaViolette and McClellan want him to be. So I feel like Lars Eller would be the odd man out because it would make no sense to like move on from Nick Dowd if he signed a contract extension back in November. But at the same time, we don't know what's going to happen to Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, kind of, and we'll talk about that in the show as well, is Nick Backstrom's injury. That's a bit worrisome to me, um, you know, just the fact that, you know, it could be re- rehabilitation, it could be surgery, or there is the possibility that he might, may retire. That's kind of a daunting task. We'll talk about that after the break here. has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now I've been taking it for about two months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. I personally use it because I have some young children at home and I could use that boost of energy. It's lifestyle friendly, so whether you eat uh, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. While still tasting good, it supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Importance of a multivitamin. Tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can take every single day to take great care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and vitamin uh, and vitamins for five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. 
Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So we are joined once again by Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks. And before the break, we were talking about uh, Nick Backstrom and, you know, the proposition that he may need surgery, he may need rehabilitation, or he even mentioned the dreaded R word, retirement. What are your thoughts on Nick Backstrom uh, going forward? It's very scary. And I feel like there's going to be some kind of announcement on Backstrom and Haglin very soon after they just announced Tom Wilson. A hip injury is one thing when you're 20s, like early to mid-20s, but when you're in your mid-30s and you have that hip injury, it's a whole lot different in terms of the rehab process and everything. So it's it's scary. It's a scary thought thinking that Nicholas Backstrom could retire, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised either considering this whole team is like getting older and they're entering next season now one year older than they were. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that is a scary thing, a daunting thought to think of the Washington Capitals without Nick Backstrom. He is Alex Ovechkin's right-hand man. I know that oftentimes they don't play on the same line together anymore, but when they are looking for that goal scoring, they usually end up putting Ovechkin and Backstrom on a line together. So, I mean, I think that would be devastating to the Capitals for one, and I think it would be devastating to Alex Ovechkin. Uh, he's played with him for so many years. And uh, it's like I say, it's kind of a scary thought going forward. Uh, So then one of the other things that we're going to talk about here is defense. Um, And one of the things that was talked about was John Carlson. And, uh, you know, you know, it's kind of a crazy thing to say. I mean, we talked about it in the last podcast. You've written about it in Stars and Sticks is that maybe the Capitals move on from John Carlson. What is the argument for the Washington Capitals to move on from John Carlson? Get rid of the big salary cap hit and exchange that for a younger defenseman who could actually play defense. That's my thoughts on the whole Carlson thing. And I guess we're guilty of stirring the pot on the whole uh, trade thing, but... (laughs) Hey, it's the off-season, right? We gotta have something to talk about here. Gotta have some fun. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I agree with that assessment. If you take, I don't know if you're a baseball fan at all, but if you take a look at the Washington Nationals, they're in the middle of a rebuild. Uh, And let's just say it's not going too well for them. Uh, But one of the things that was talked about and why I'm bringing it to uh, the Washington Nationals is that Juan Soto is kind of the center of the talk that he may get traded. And uh, everyone around Washington is up in arms with the idea that they could lose Juan Soto. But on Locked On Nationals, they were talking about it, and I thought there were some really poignant comments. They said, if you did get rid of Juan Soto, it would be tragic. But if you could imagine the haul that you could get for someone like a Juan Soto, it was like six or seven top prospects. Now, I'm not saying that John Carlson is, you know, that elite of a level of a player, but you got to think that, you know, he's been an all-star. He has quite a, a good track record behind him. I know that, you know, the last... Several seasons in the playoffs, he hasn't played that well, but you got to think that if they traded a John Carlson, that the Washington Capitals would probably get a pretty good haul on him. What are your thoughts on what they could get as far as a return is concerned? I think they could not only get a promising young defenseman, but maybe they can get a couple of young forwards that are 
not quite NHL ready, but in the pipeline. The forward situation is already interesting because, as you've seen on Stars and Sticks, we grade like each player's performance. And I realized during like the early parts of the season when one rookie after another was making an NHL debut and like making an impact in the game, I was thinking, holy moly, when this offseason gets here, I'm going to have a ton of players to grade. Yeah, and I see you've been very busy uh, on the website here. Um, I'm just kind of taking a look at some of the different uh, players that you talked about. Some of them, you know, um, are no-brainers. You know, like I would say that, of course, they're going to move on. Some were a little bit interesting. We'll start off with one that you have listed here, uh, where it was Matt Irwin. Matt Irwin, who has didn't really have a big role at the Washington Capitals. Uh, they got him kind of on the cheap as a backup player. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say it was Matt Irwin's last season with the Washington Capitals, or do they keep him around for depth? Uh, I know that we, you know, every year we hear about that the Capitals want to get younger and younger. So do you think Matt Irwin comes back, or do you think they move on from him in favor of a younger player, say uh, Lucas Johansson or um, Alexiev, something like that? I think as far as defensemen that could be gone, it'll definitely be Michael Kempney based on his struggles and also, Justin Schultz, who has like a big cap hit of $4 million. But I put Matt Irwin down just because he didn't get the lack of playing time. And I thought, like, I didn't think any of those free agent defensemen were going to come back. Especially with, like, guys like Lucas Johansson, who I recently graded. And Alex Alexiev, who is really close to getting on the NHL level. I think there could be a shot for them in training camp. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like uh, Lucas Johansson and Alexiev, Alex Alexiev, they both seem to that they're always at the training camp, but they never make the the final cut. Um, and that's that's kind of an interesting thing. I don't know if it's I don't I'm trying to remember if it's based on injury or performance, but it just seems like, especially Peter Laviolette and the Capitals in general, they like to go with the veterans. And you know, it's kind of a funny thing we hear all the time that this team wants to get younger and younger and younger, but they never do it. When are they going to pull that trigger? You know, I'd peel that Band-Aid off. You take a look at the New York Rangers, you know, they kind of kept going after it year after year after year. And they're like, guys, this isn't working. We're going to have to kind of blow it up and start all over again. And that's what they did. And it was a rough year, year and a half. And look at them now. They're doing well in the playoffs for the most part. So when do you think that that rebuild for the Washington Capitals is coming? It has to come sooner or later. I think next season is a make or break season for the Washington Capitals. If they get bounced in the first round again, then there's no doubt that they're going to go through a rebuild. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be challenging for the fans to cope with. But I think next season is it. And it's Laviolette's last year in his contract. And if Laviolette doesn't get the job done, who are they going to go to? Because Strats is probably going to get hired somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about Barry a little bit later in the show too. That is just that coaching carousel to me is just so crazy. You know, it's always that the coach is the fall guy and we'll continue uh, to talk a little bit more about the Capitals, Barry Trotz and the Washington Capitals here in the future. 
Um, but we're going to hear next from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, our partners at Bet Online, continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year, next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so we are joined once again with Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks. And being that you brought that up, we'll talk about that. Barry Trotz and the coaching. You talked about that it might very well be the last season for Peter Laviolette for the Washington Capitals if they don't make a big, you know, splash. You know, they got to get past the first round. I think they really need to make a deep push into the playoffs. Uh, if he's going to keep his job. And um, Brian McClellan was kind of, you know, had used some interesting words, kind of cryptic. He said that we're going to keep that between management. If they were really all in on Peter Laviolette, wouldn't they have just come out and said, he's our man going forward next year? Why were they so elusive? They were elusive because of the simple fact that they hired Laviolette to try and get past the first round, and he didn't get it done the last two years. So now they're wondering if this whole thing is going to work. And Laviolette has had a history of coaching other teams to the finals. You saw what he did in Carolina where he won a cup with them. And he even took Nashville and the Flyers to the finals. So, like, the expectations were there. And he hasn't quite met them. And nothing against Laviolette. I like the guy. And I agreed and wrote, like, during that whole coaching search that they should hire him. But it's really up to the guys, too. But they got to find youth. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that crazy thing, you know. I mean, we saw that on the Washington Capitals where the Capitals got rid of Barry Trotz in favor of um, Todd Reardon. And uh, we all remember how that went. It didn't go so well. Um, And then, you know, just historically, you can go back to Adam Oates and that kind of thing. So the Capitals have kind of a questionable history when it comes to coaching. I still think that they ultimately made a mistake on moving on from Barry Trotz. What are your thoughts on Barry Trotz as we look back on his, what he did for this Washington Capitals team? I say it all the time. We can never forget what he did for this team. Um, He took them to the Stanley Cup and they won a Stanley Cup, a thing that kind of hung over this Capitals organization for decades. What are your thoughts on Barry? To be honest, when Barry Trotz walked out the door, I wasn't mad. In fact, I was more mad at Brian McClellan than I was at Trotz leaving. Because when you win a cup and you're the coach and you coach that team to the cup, you deserve all the money in the world. And they had an awkward meeting and they basically were like, I know you could get that signing bonus, but we're not going to give you that money. And back at the time, I was writing for another blog and I kind of knew throughout the season that Trotz was kind of on his last legs. Because you remember Todd Reardon, they didn't let him interview with other teams before that season. So there was something up. It was almost like this cup thing happened by accident. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of hindsight, 2020 and that kind of stuff. But you got to think that, you know, them looking back on it, Brian McClellan kind of has to look back and think to himself, that was probably a mistake, letting go of Barry Trotz, I think, in all honesty. And then you take a look at what... The Islanders did. They got rid of uh, Barry Trotz in favor of Lane Lambert. I think a monumental blunder that's going to bite them in the butt big time. Um, so if the if the Capitals ever ended up moving on for from 
uh, uh, Peter Laviolette. Who do you see, who would be a good fit for this Washington Capitals team next? You know, that's a good question because I would say Barry Trotz, but if we recorded an episode one year later, for all I know, Trotz would be already coaching a team. So it's, it's very early to tell, really, because you've seen the last two years, several coaches left and right be getting fired and losing their jobs, and there's more free agent coaches now than ever. But if there was a chance at Bruce Boudreaux, why not? Because yeah, that's, he's that's the one an that started one the too. Rock the Red era. That's right. He kind of changed all the the culture for the Washington Capitals, I think, when he came uh, they kind of didn't have a great history. That was around the time that Alex Ovechkin first got signed and, or drafted, rather. So, I mean, yeah, I think that Gabby would be a, a good choice as well. He did re-up in Vancouver, but, I mean, who knows? I don't I don't remember the status of his contract, if it was a one-year or two-year. But anyway, I know that uh, that uh, that after uh, Barry Trotz lost his job with the Islanders, shortly thereafter, Vancouver signed, re-signed Gabby to a contract. So you got to think to a certain extent that they were kind of worried that the Islanders were probably going to scoop him up. All right, Michael, uh, thank you once again for joining me on this episode of Locked On Capitals. Do you have any last plugs that you want to get in before the end of the episode here? I already mentioned it earlier, but I'll say this again. Uh, Follow me in the squad at stars underscore and sticks, and you can follow my personal Twitter at Marswago. And uh, thanks again for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk about the Caps and should be a fun and weird and interesting summer ahead. All right, Michael, thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked on Capitals. All right. So once again, everyone, thank you for joining me on this episode of Locked on Capitals. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked on Capitals.